this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor's going to distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.com. FM to get started. Hey everybody, on this episode of the GH Report, I made a resolution for 2017 and that was to give you viewers more Lucretia Lion. Look at that, I succeeded so I can coast the rest of the year. Let's do it. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Ooh, look at that. We are back. Well, two are yes. back now. Look at as the year progresses. Welcome everybody to the GH Report. <laughs> Every week we'll be adding hopefully one more person to this panel uh, within hopefully. three weeks. Yeah, but yeah. hopefully next week we can have a full panel reunited. Fingers crossed. Who knows? We'll see what happens here. Uh, hi, folks. Uh, welcome to the GH Report. Of course, we're always going to be breaking down uh, with the latest goings on in the town of Port Charles. I'm one of your hosts, Frank Moran. You can follow me on Twitter at Happy Go Jackie. And I'm Lucretia Lyon, guys. You can always find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. Now, Papa Bear, he is still hibernating. This time, though, unfortunately, he's a little under the weather. So feel free to tweet James Ladd Jr. uh, your well wishes there. I'm sure that they will give him strength. That's right. And And he might even give you his address for some chicken soup. Oh, that's true, (laughs) yes. (laughs) Uh, But hopefully he will be uh, on his feet, recovered, and uh, back before you know it. In the meantime, though... Uh, why don't we talk about some Port Charles stuff? Yeah, let's oh, get into it. Gosh, if only we had a show that we could do that. I know. Oh, wait. We're on it right now. Uh, all right. So, of course, I was here last week uh, <laughs> talking about stuff. <laughs> just, just ranting just by myself. Uh, so, uh, uh, Excuse you. I was No, here excuse too. me. Alexa saved the day. She, I did. Yes. She's the whole reason that show worked so great last no, week. No, that's not true. It was true. That was. <laughs> no, no, no. That's very true. I had the spirit of Lucretia in me. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's jump right into a storyline that... that I don't know how you're feeling. Driving me a little bit crazy. The Alexis Julian story. I will say there are parts of it that I'm just like, why did it take him so long to get here? Because this is Julian Jerome that we're finally seeing again. Not that cartoony version that they'd had that tried to kill Alexis, that none of his story was making sense. The way that Julian is approaching the situation is like, this This is the real Julian. And I like to see that because he's like, you know, this is all my fault. I'm taking responsibility. I need to be the one to help her. And he knows that he's the worst possible person, but he even offered to call Diane, you know, get her help. And, you know, 
uh, now that she's accused of murder, she's like, eh, taking Julian's adult. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, I just feel like, I don't know, I wonder, I'm just so curious about what the writers were thinking. Like, why, why put the knife to, to Alexis's throat? I feel like that was just, I can't even see, like, now that we're seeing part of Julian Jerome, yeah. like how he was before, like, I, I don't know. Could you see them still getting back together? Like, just knowing that he was, I mean, he, he was practically there to kill her. Well, the thing is, is as horrible as that is, in general hospital um, terms, that's a medium. <laughs> like, especially after, I mean, hell, there was even Todd and Marty getting together on One Life to Live, which was horrific, and people didn't like how that went, and then so they sort of changed it. But, yeah, on General Hospital, I mean, Luke and Laura are based on something horrible that happened, you know? Yeah, I mean, I guess I just, I can't imagine any of Alexis's kids uh, or any family, any friends, like, saying, you know what? You made a great choice, Alexis. Way to go back with that guy. (laughs) I can't imagine any conversation being like, yeah. Yeah, and I think that that's the only way they can play this out is having Julian be the one to protect her and do this because, you know, not just over his guilt, because he really did genuinely love her and didn't want to do these things. So that the way that they're mapping it out is that they can start to rebuild and forgive. I don't know why they had to take him in such an extreme direction, but they always do that, just like with Johnny Sakara. Any other mobster that's not Sonny is going to get a horrible storyline, despite the fact that Sonny's done some close crap to what Julian did and Carly's still with him and I'm like eh no that's because you I mean that's you can't help but think you bring that up I mean he killed AJ I mean he killed AJ and even though he kind of got pushed into it kind of somewhat set up I mean he still I mean he was never a huge fan of AJ to begin with so he got really set up in doing that and yet other than serving uh, a little bit of prison time, all of a sudden he gets pardoned by the governor. And yeah. uh, then there you go. And that's what I say. is like, honestly, Sonny's best storyline was when he was in the wheelchair. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see... We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Because it was finally a Sunny that suffered consequences. Mm -hmm. At least with characters like Julian, Julian didn't get to see his kids grow up. Julian's already faced some consequences from the mob behavior, as well as everybody else. And so that's why it's a lot easier to forgive Julian, because he has at least faced consequences. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I suppose, like, if you had to compare, I, I, I look at Julian Jerome, I mean, I guess he did get do killed, uh, and he killed Carlos, but I always feel like he's, like, the mobster that, you know, like, without teeth, so to speak, because I feel like he's never, all this big talk and stuff, and you never really, you never really see him yeah. do anything. But, uh, so, yes, so, uh, okay, the one thing I could do without, mm-hmm. and we talked about this briefly, yes. there, the, 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 Alexis with the hallucinations of, uh, uh, good old Tom there. Uh, gosh, I, enough of the hallucinations. I Again, I don't see why, other than are we trying to get Nancy Lee Gron and Emmy, which I'm okay with that, but it was just, it really didn't make sense. And I know that, you know, that is a symptom of D, the DTs, detoxing, and things like that, but it just seemed forced just to, again, bring up the Julian, you know, knife and things like that that were coming back to her as well, is I feel that it was just to serve that, yeah, he did this. She's freaking out. Uh. Do you feel like that this, uh, when you're thinking about, of course, you know, Alexis is kind of, you know, people have said, hey, you should, you know, stop this, do this. 
uh, I mean, Jack said, like, when uh, she hit Julian, that that was sort of, let's consider this your personal rock bottom. What we have now, which finally drives her to AA, is this, she thinks she may have murdered Tom. Yeah. Do you think that this, is is this the, the rock bottom that you'd hope for? Is this a good enough rock bottom? Do you think that there should have been something more? Yeah, unfortunately, you know, I feel, and I think I put a comment on Twitter about this, is they're pretending like this is her rock bottom because she's so broken up about having murdered someone. But Tom's number three that I can think of, who's Alexis is killed. So this isn't new for her to have taken someone's life. (laughs) And especially being it's Tom Baker, who's a scumbag anyway, it, it just doesn't ring enough. You know, the stakes aren't high enough in this situation other than, you know, possibly losing her law license. Because to be honest, if she'd just come forward, she wouldn't have gone to jail. It would be highly unlikely that, you know, because it'd be easy to prove that this guy probably did sexually assault her. It's in his past. Self-defense. She could have easily gone with that case, especially as Diane with her lawyer. So it's all about the law license. And it's just like, I don't think that's enough stake. I think it should have been something to do with Sam. And a baby. Yeah, because I, I, I'm guessing that she did not kill Tom Baker. Hmm. That something else happened between the time that she got in the altercation, she pulls a knife, uh, she gets a knife from him, kind of brandishes it back at him to when he actually does get murdered. So somebody else does. So then the thing I don't like about that is then that all of a sudden it takes away Alexis's supposed rock bottom, the thing yeah. that made her go to A. So if all of a sudden you take her away, her culpability and that possible death, what's going to motivate her to still want to stay in AA? I felt like you needed to have a rock bottom that was for sure something that she had definitely done. Yeah, and that's why I'm confused of why bother even going this direction if it's going to turn out she didn't do it. Yeah, because then it's <laughs> like, all right, well, I'm going to be in AA. And, okay, and then <laughs> Alexis decides to go to AA. Why, if you are so kind of <laughs> embarrassed or ashamed of your, your, you, that you may be drinking too much or you're not exactly sure if you're an alcoholic, what your deal is, why would you pick to go to an AA meeting at General Hospital, one of the most popular Where you know locations? People. Yes. Yeah. Why? Why would you go there? Wait. Yeah, I don't get it. I mean, that's the thing. It's like if I got to go to AA, I'm not going to the one down the street, so you guys know about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's meetings everywhere, Alexis. And the funniest thing, I, I know this is trouble to laugh at, but did you notice the sign next to the elevator that they'd been putting up? It is just now there just to show the AA meeting. And I'm like, that's a terrible place for a sign, especially in a hospital. Like, <laughs> <laughs> How many times today is that get knocked over? Like, why did they even just feel the need to put a sign there? Oh, it's just oh, it's so terrible. It's like, okay, uh, Alexis, please just use some common sense. Uh, no. No. Mm-hmm. Alexis, please, in the booth, use some common sense, I beg you. No. All right, fine. Oh, I, 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 I threw it out there. No, it's okay. Yeah, I love, uh, I've got some good comments in the chat about this. Uh, Rena Sheen says, exactly where is the serial killer line for Alexis? Because, yeah, as I say, that be her third kill. Annie Gowen says, Nancy Lee Grand killed those AA scenes, in my opinion. And our good old Carolyn Topol says, I did like the AA meeting, but was surprised Alexis went to a meeting at GH. Yeah, too exposed. <laughs> yeah, I, that just made zero sense to me. She's been so... Try, I mean, she went to a bar out of town, so she didn't have to worry about running in anybody so she could drink. And yet she <laughs> goes to an AA meeting right, right at there. GH. I mean, unless, you know, Alexis is really... but She's not winning it because she's got a lot of license on the line. But unless you're really yeah. to just like... Do like an about face to the entire community and say, yep, guys, I, I've been acting like a jerk for the past few months. I've got a problem. I'm trying to deal with it right now. Here we go. Yeah, I mean, why don't they just go back and watch the SVU Christine Lottie character storyline um, where the ADA loses her job because she's drunk in court. And Scott Foley's in like the, the pivotal episode, guys. Great, great art that they clearly <laughs> copied from because there is almost some 
very similar lines. <laughs> like, I know it's been a few years, but they play it on USA a lot. <laughs> and it's, I, it is interesting just, you know, with Julian, just the way that he's been dealing with Alexis there. Just, and they're, they're, gosh, that relationship where she's falling apart and yet her only source of comfort right there is the person that she hates the most. Yeah. And just, yeah, I'm just curious to see where they're going to take that relationship. And we see that Julian uh, doing his part to kind of help Alexis, even if she doesn't want it, is just by getting the bartender there, strong-arming strong him. It's like, yep, this lady was never at your bar. You don't even know who this lady is. She was never there that evening. Yeah, I like that he did that because, to be honest, that was a, you know, a mob thing to do. But, you know, just, just a little bit grease in the palm. Like, hey, no, no, no. You, she wasn't there. Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then the taking all her booze. I thought, you know... But again, it's nice to see Julian with this. So why did we have to have that he tried to kill her storyline? I know. Oh, that just so that drives me so crazy. I, I don't know. Like, did the writers write it out like, oh, this would be great, and then they they film it and they watch and like, oh, maybe we, that was a little too much, and then they got to worry about backpedaling out of that. I have no idea. One other person though that does take some bottles from Alexis's place though is our good old pal Franco, <laughs> who, uh, yeah, of course, uh, Tom Baker shows up dead. He's certainly, if not the uh, number one suspect, definitely at the top of the list of uh, uh, person of interest for that, which uh, PCPD gets a search warrant, wants to go check out his studio. But he's been following the leads there, and you know, with him and Scotty hanging out at that bar, yeah. getting some more information. I, any chance you get to see Scotty and Franco hanging out, that's good times. Yeah, um, I love the Scotty and Franco stuff this week, and I hope that we continue to see more of them. And it's not always just Scotty trying to get Franco out of trouble, because, yeah, they had so many funny lines this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I don't know if you watched last week, but when they were in the uh, interrogation room and uh, Scotty told Elizabeth, you've always been a good girl. Did that seem, that seemed so creepy to me. Did that seem creepy to you? It seemed creepy, but it was so Scotty. Because Scotty has <laughs> always got a little bit of a creep factor. That's why I like that they've got him going with like the Saul Goodman lawyer character. Because this fits the Scotty Baldwin that we've known in the last few years, not the one in the 80s. So it's funny. And my favorite Scotty thing on Elizabeth was when Frank was like, I was locked in a dog cage. And he's like, Elizabeth Weber, it's always the quiet ones. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, no, not that reason. <laughs> Uh, and it's interesting to just hear Franco's side of things. Just like I feel like I had one more chance to show that his characters kind of step back from the psycho Franco that you know we, that was yeah. first introduced on the show. It's just the uh, the reason that he doesn't want to confess that he knows Alexis could be involved is just the tremendous amount of pain that he's brought upon Sam uh, in her life. So he doesn't want to also now bring her mother up as a suspect to cause her even more pain. See, yeah. The way that they're writing Franco right now is exactly what they should have been doing all along. Is him understanding what he did to people like Sam and then dealing with it and becoming a better person. Mm -hmm. And it, that scene where he had it, talking to Liz, Sam, and himself, that to me was all we needed to start to explain Franco. And that they're using it that to again drive this story as well is you know him talking to Elizabeth after you know he was arrested him talking to Scotty and then when he realizes Alexis could be the actual killer he's like you know I don't want to turn her in because I still need to atone for what I did to Sam her daughter so that's the thing is this is exactly and I feel like they're getting there with Julian too so I see they're finally starting to get consequences and character development with these you know villains who've actually turned around yeah, I, um, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like the only thing that Julian's turned around in is just, well, I mean, he's always loved Alexis, but he certainly acted yeah. way bizarrely during oh, yeah. that whole meltdown of their relationship. But I don't know. I, I'm curious to see if, I don't know if Julian, other than his immediate family, has changed at all. 
I don't know. I feel like Franco, I mean, you can see that he's media family, but I also feel like he just as a general person, he's yeah. trying uh, better changing. I mean, I guess because Julian's a mobster, and so he's probably not going to leave that. That's probably why he's like, well, he's not really changing that. Well, what's weird is Julian, I don't think, wants to be in the mob. It hasn't been wanted to in a while. He was sort of pulled back in, and then, you know, in that conversation with Ava, he said it wasn't just because of her. I mean, obviously, we're going to find out it's the other Jerome, but... Yes. Um, yeah, so that thing is like, I could see Julian leaving the mob. To me, it's better for his character to be more of like, bring Jax back, as we've always said, to... You know, yes. do a corporate radio storyline because that works better for Julian. Yeah, especially when, as you were saying, yeah. like, there's only one mobster in Port Charles that gets away with everything, yeah. pretty much, and that's Sonny. So it's like you can't have two of those. So w- make sense. let's move yeah. them off and do something else instead with them. Uh, but uh, so we have all the, the Franco storyline. Mm-hmm. Interesting because at the end of the week, uh, he gets cold cocked by somebody and then wakes up down uh, in a room, kind of, you know, locked away. Uh, has no idea who put him in there or why. Uh, and then has to just sleep in the cold, gets a little bubble wrap and a lamp and kind of yeah, has to sleep <laughs> away. Who do you think is behind this abduction? I honestly thought it might be Julian, but then I'm like, no, that's too easy. I, I thought that Julian might be holding him just because he knows that if Franco ran, they wouldn't even suspect Alexis. But at the same time, I'm like, that's too easy. I think it'll be whoever the real killer is, since it seems like they may be changing it. Uh, yeah, I, don't know. I was also thinking, what if it's Tom Baker's brother? Could it be him? But I don't know if that's. I don't, I don't think he cared that much. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'll be curious to see how that is. Uh, I, but we get to see Frank. Uh, well, of course, Kiki and, and Elizabeth both concerned about where Franco is. So, uh, how do you go find uh, the guy that uh, is just hidden in some 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 dude's freak show dungeon? I don't know. <laughs> well, I guess we'll find out how that happens. Uh, the other storyline that's irritating me, and I talked about this last week. There was was Finn and Hayden. I, I love them, but. I mean, and I, and I guess it is a natural consequence, but I just maybe it's just me not liking it. Is we talked about so long how Zen Zen was so highly addictive, and so now even though he's taking the cure, he still has the addiction. So that's why he's still hooked on that stuff. Uh, me, I'm just like tired of. I, I don't want to see Finn in syringes anymore. I'm just done with that. Yeah, I'm not sure why they're dragging that out. I mean, I feel like they set this up, but it just took too long. Because yeah, if he'd been cured and then was still addicted to the drug in the beginning. It would have been interesting. But mm-hmm. at this point, we're just ready for them to be better and have their cute little relationship. That part we like. Because, yeah, the, you know, the, the ice skating bit and he was an, an athlete and a nerd. Stuff, that was cute. Like, yeah. let's have more of that. <laughs> and I don't know why he is so ashamed to let, like, Tracy or Hayden yeah. know that uh, we still have to work with my addiction. I'm still still hooked on this. Even though I cured myself, I still have this problem. Like, I don't know why he's so ashamed of it. And that's, just, that's what's frustrating me, too. And, two. Where they should go, and I'm afraid they're not, is then maybe he can make a friend out of Alexis in a meeting for their addictions. But yeah, I was like, that would be cool, because I've never really seen them in scenes together, and at least making it a friendship. Yeah. You know, because I don't want to see him and Hayden break up so quickly, but... No, that's very true, yeah. So I just feel like, man, please, let's just figure out the deal. And and, and, uh, let's get, what the hell's Roxy? Let's just yeah. get, you know, she's been, ever since he gave, uh, I, for some reason, I thought the reason that we haven't seen Roxy is that he basically fit out a killer just yeah. to, to be able to save Hayden. And I don't know if that's been actually confirmed. Like, is Roxy dead or is he just like. I think that they saw her in the little habitat yeah. and that she saw her. Um, so I was like, I don't know. Maybe they're having trouble wrangling their bearded dragon for the show. <laughs> uh, but thankfully, because I know you were worried yeah. uh, when this episode first aired and didn't get a chance to see what happened, uh, that Hayden tried to ice skate and, and couldn't because yeah. she was so medically indisposed. But now, 
Finn takes her back to the ice skating rink. So I, you can rest easy that you it got happened. to see Hayden Finn ice skate. Oh, yeah. How, how relieved are you now that these two lovebirds... I just never thought they were going to show us that exciting conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> but Finn's not holding back anymore. Yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's just going to go. He's going to go make out with Hayden now. <laughs> That's great. I, I just please just wrap up this addiction story. Like, yeah. We're just like... Because, I mean, you, you know all these medical people. Like, Brad, have, I don't know, just detox yourself. Just do it. There's no shame yeah. in that. There's no shame. You tried. You were trying to save your life. And it's unfortunate that the thing that helped stave off this terrible virus was highly addictive. But nobody's going to think less of you for doing what you need to do to, to try to save your life, find a cure for this disease, and now you just have to treat yourself for this addiction. And, too, it's just like, um, I know because I'm a big fan of Dr. Drew, and, you know, he's an addiction medicine specialist. He talks about the best people are the people that are like, you know what, I've got a problem. I need to, you know, take a handle of that instead of waiting for other people to come along and see it, you know. Yeah. And Finn is that guy, so why aren't we seeing that? It is it is so frustrating. I was hoping that we would see less of this weird secret of Finn and more just him finally having this enormous burden of this virus, this death sentence that he had on him. Now that that's gone, just, like, try to approach things from a different perspective. Let's switch it up a little bit. You get a second chance at life now. Yeah. But no. Where are we going to go? Syringes. All right. <laughs> Uh, another storyline that's uh, still just bugging the heck out of me, and I feel like it's also starting to bug the heck out of some people on the show, uh, <laughs> is Nell. Oh. Oh, good old Nell. The thing uh, is, is I like her, and I want to know, but I just think that the reason we don't know is they still don't know. It's just, I don't no. know why it is taking this no. long just to tell us what the deal is. At least the viewers. Just yeah. tell the viewers what the deal is. Even if the characters don't know, just tell us. Because I feel that... They've changed their mind, too, with different little things. It's like, that's what's frustrating. It's very much like the Luke storyline with, you know, Fluke, or whatever we call it. Or, uh, like, the way that Julian was changed for no reason. Is that there's points where you're changing someone and you were going one direction that may have been saved uh, here. But if you flip it around and you don't ever pay off, I I don't understand why you think that's good storytelling. Because the thing is, is... um. I feel that she was going to be related to Carly, but now that her and Michael, people actually like that, I think they're switching it around. That may no. be why they're not revealing anything. And it's like, why? Yeah. Uh, and But the one thing that I do like, and I hope I want them to use her more, is any scene with Bobby and Nell. Yeah, those are good. The scene with there in the Metrocore was yeah. like, oh, now, now we can finally have a real talk now that I've seen the real Nell come out. <laughs> like, all right, Bobby. Yeah, Bobby. I like that Bobby is involved with this because Bobby knows more than anyone what to look for because Carly did the same thing to her. So this is really the best part of the storyline is how Bobby is involved. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I like Nell's big type. Yeah, you are a prostitute. Like, no, that's it? What's yeah. the big deal? That's, that's the best you got? <laughs> now let's have a real chat now. Because uh, I'm trying to figure out, like, because last week when they had that talk at her department, and then she immediately leaves, but when Bobby leaves, she immediately calls uh, Michael up to go have, have a New Year's Eve date. So I'm wondering how much of that was just to spite Bobby or just... I, yeah, that scene seems so weird to me. It's like, yeah. all right, Bobby says, you must have my family. I'm going to show you. Like, well, guess what? I'm just going to get my hooks deeper into uh, Michael. But yet she's not playing it that way either. Yeah, though. that's the thing is there's a lot of this that's really confusing because so far Nell has at least felt guilty about Michael. And all of her feelings towards him seem genuine that she likes him, doesn't want him to be hurt in this. But, you know, all of her vengeance is towards Carly. Yeah, and I yeah. don't – that's the frustrating thing to see this – this seething hatred that she has for Carly and yet not know why, at least as an audience, know what the reason for it is. So it's like, great, whatever it is, something in this this music box gives us a clue and we've got a rattle with Caroline's name on it. But that that's pretty much it that we know. And some 
letter from your father. It says, you owe me. <laughs> Great. That, that tells me nothing about this. Yeah. So uh, just please just pull the trigger on that. But I do like <laughs> Sonny just like getting like really fed up with Nell now. She's like, just please, just go away. Just whatever. Like, and just finally telling Jason, like, yeah, this, this Nell. Well, I don't know what this Nell lady's up to, but it's nothing good. Yeah, and I, I'm curious, but I'm to the point where I don't even care anymore. It's at the same time. It's frustrating because you're like, ah, oh, I really like Nell. I want to see where this is going. But it's just like Finn's story. It's taken too long. Let's let's switch it up. I, man, I don't know why GH is on this track now. Yeah. Like storyline after storyline, they have just drawn it out way past the, an audience's uh, interest in caring. And so by the time they decide to do the revelation, either we've, we've been so far ahead that we know what it is, so it's not a big deal, or we're just so over it that we don't even care anyway. Yeah. She's like, oh, guys, get it better with the pacing. Please, please. Uh, speaking of pacing, though, uh, with another storyline, we've got Valentine and we've got Lulu and, and Nina <laughs> now that they're married and Dante. Uh, as I said last week, I cannot get enough of the scenes of Lulu desperately trying to make a connection with Charlotte to always fail. I, I love those scenes. I love them. See, I'm like you. I feel awful to be so delighted by those scenes, <laughs> but at the same time, I'm just like... Why has Lulu Spencer become the worst in the soap that Sonny and Carly exist in? <laughs> and I'm just like, what is wrong with the writing of her character? I mean, does I want to know, Chad, does anybody side with Lulu in this? Because, too, she's not even caring about the child at this point. She's used, It's almost like a toy that she has to win from Nina, from Valentine, And at the expense of, like, Rocco and Dante, I mean... Yeah. And and this poor little girl who just lost who she thought was her mother, and Valentine was actually very sweet. And I mean, that's the thing is like I know that he's probably going to turn out to be evil because James Patrick Stewart, and that's what they always do. But you like him more, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it's as much as I don't like the way that he was brought on, and made, it makes it still even now yeah. hard to root for him. I still like him better mm-hmm. in the storyline than I do Lulu. And yeah. It was uh, like last week when they had, and I, I keep backpedaling to last week, but it's great to have just your sounding, <laughs> your opinion about this. The scene where Laura and Lulu have the conversation in the Metro Court, where Lulu lay, uh, Laura lays out the whole plan. This is yeah. what we do: slow play Valentine, get the evidence that we need against him, and then go for full custody. So just do split right now, and Lulu just ignores all that. Yeah, like Laura, I like Laura's point of view in this, even because she is thinking about the child. She's, you know, she wants to take it from Valentine because. And Valentine murdered her son. And so Laura's point of view here, I do completely understand. Now, granted, Lulu is Nicholas's sister and was there at the same time, but she's not focusing on what's best for the little girl and thinking things through. And it's just like, I mean, her point of view is just too selfish. It is. It's just driving me crazy. And yeah. again, it's like she... It, to see her character come on and not know... If you only knew her as Lulu and you had no idea who her last name was, just the way that she behaves and stuff... Yeah. I this would is not, not Spencer. No, no, it's not. It's like, why are you rushing into this? Spencer's all about being cunning and trying to outthink their opponent. And why, why, why are you just like blindly doing everything that everybody's telling you not to do? And you're like, screw it all. I'm going for it anyway. Yeah, and that's what I say. Is like, there better be a big payoff of Lulu actually losing in the end. Because again, I don't want to see Nina, who's doing everything right by this child, get hurt. And the fact that Lulu can't empathize with Nina, they need to take her to Dr. Maddox or Dr. Collins, and he needs to check her out for being a sociopath. Because, yeah. yeah, to not understand Nina's point of view more than anything, it's just like, you have the same problem, Lulu. You couldn't conceive. You got a miracle baby. Yes, this child is also your blood, but 
Nina's sitting over here bonding with this child. This child loves her, and that's what this child obviously ultimately wants, is to be with Nina. No one's saying that you can't see her, but to just think that you deserve her? Because mm. I hate that D word. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, the chat seems to agree, though. So your Olive says Lulu is so annoying. Annie Goins, Lulu's all about Lulu these days. Rena Sheen thinks Lulu is going to get dead. And um, she Kelly, get dead? Yeah. Whoa. Kelly from PEI says Lulu cares about herself right now. To heck with Charlotte and Dante. Lulu is a Spencer, wants what she wants, no matter how or who she runs over. But to me, she's not even being Spencer about it. She's just being stupid and childish. Yeah. I mean, Maxie looks mature compared to her, and and that's sort of been how it is for the most part for years. No, except for this marriage stuff. Yeah. We get into a second. Is, oh, brother. Uh, so we do have uh, Valentine uh, uh, tell Charlotte that, hey, guess what? Nina and I are married, so she's going to be living with us now. And that scene was so uncomfortable to watch. Yeah. Just, just the way that Charlotte was just so like... What's happening? Yeah. yeah. She's such a good little actress. She's Ooh. adorable. <laughs> and I, when she all of a sudden then just flips at 180 and just, is just smiling and all happy, I'm like, what? We're, whoa, <laughs> okay. That just the way you were looking and listening to all this, man, it looked like you wanted to take a knife and just start stabbing people. <laughs> well, if she does, let's get Lulu. <laughs> that seems to be what everybody wants. And I love Emmy Ryland. She's great. It's just like, why are you giving her this crap? <sighs> I know. Uh, I mean, it, the fact that when Dante is also saying, hey, guess what? I think Valentine's right on this, honey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we should, you know, let her learn about her mother's passing, mm-hmm. grieve for it, and then bring you into the picture. But she's like, no, I I want full custody. I want it now. Yeah, he's even trying to reason with her and has every point. And, yeah, the little scene with him telling Charlotte about, you know, Claudette was so sweet. And you're like, he did it by himself just because, you know, he's her only parent, as she sees right now. That's exactly what he should have done. Yeah. I'm so curious about Valentine, though, because I'm hoping this is not going to be like a mm-hmm. Paul Hornsby character. Where yeah. They brought him in, and he came in with such fanfare, so, so much excitement, and it felt like he, you know, I mean, well, we never found out the resolution of why he shot Sonny. That never went anywhere. And that so, was okay. Yeah, I'm still disappointed. Like, yeah. it, it led to, I thought, like, that incident was like, ooh, this is great. We're going to figure out what this is. It's going to lead to a much bigger storyline. Paul's storyline went so differently than we expected. Yeah, and that's, again, what's frustrating. Same thing with Nell and, like, you know, some of the 180s that they've taken with some of these storylines is you're like, we like these people. We want to root for them. We want them to be, like, you know, a Jerry Jackson, you know, that they can come in and out if they're going to be a villain or, like, redeem themselves like Franco has. Yeah. And, yeah, that's the thing. Like, Paul, it's like, I hate that we never figured out why he shot Sonny, but that would have been something that everybody was pretty well okay with in the town. Like, why did we not even bring that up? <laughs> Do you see James Patrick Stewart and Valentine as uh, longer term? Could you see him for, you know, several years on the show? Or do you feel it's going to be more of a... Yeah, we might get it if we're lucky. We get a year from him, and then he's going to be off the show. Unfortunately, I think because James Patrick Stewart is just such a big primetime actor, like Sebastian Roche became. Um, you know, they were both on Supernatural. Um, I feel that the, this character short term, or he could be like you know, come back in, in and out, like Heather Weber has done, or you know, Jerry used to do. Yeah, it's a shame too because it's just nice to. I mean, other than as we talked about ad nauseum, the way that he was brought into the show, just. These weird dynamics and these shades of gray that he has with many different characters, especially uh, with Anna. Yeah. Uh, just, I, I feel like there's a lot of stories that this his his character could be a part in and directions that it could go. And I, it feels like he could. You, 
you could make him a long-term character on the show. And I just feel like uh, it'll be a shame that he's probably not going to be for the reasons you said. Yeah, because that's what's unfortunate is I would like to see that. But I just don't want them to really build it up like they did with Justin Hartley um, at Y&R. You know, when you get this great primetime actor, they do tend to want to go back to that. Um, so it's unfortunate. But, you know, maybe they can, uh, you know, Tamara Tooney did uh, SVU and As the World Turns consecutively for so long. So wow. it can happen. Well, uh, it's uh, curious to see where the, the storyline goes. And one other thing that he did, uh, Valentine did, is, of course, uh, Claudette. Uh, we saw them meet on the airplane back before like, on Claudette's last appearance on the show. And the only other real evidence that we have of them is just her from the back as they're exiting the, mm-hmm. the, the, uh, the airport under her assumed name when they're in Canada. But now, uh, of course, Maxine and Nathan are on the hunt because they want to try to be able to get mm-hmm. that divorce finalized. And... Uh, as f- figuring out what Valentine's role was in Claudette's at least disappearance, and figuring like, oh wait, she's dead, and we find out, nope, uh, whatever she is. One thing for sure is that Valentine has convinced the Canadian authorities to tell Nathan and Max that, yep, she's dead. Do you think Claudette is dead? No, yeah. I think she. You know, I think it's all just contingent on where they're going to put her in this storyline again. So, because I think that you know, much like everything else, plans change, so they did some rewrites, but. It's just, I, I don't think this is the last we've seen of Claudette, because Pre Williamson was just so delightful. <laughs> yeah, and, we, and I imagine her coming back would be somebody more, I mean, she's got nothing to lose at this point. Yeah. And all her, all her cards have been played on the table. I mean, she's now lost this child that she's had a connection to. Um, and Val- she's got payback she wants to give to Valentine. So it'd be interesting to see her back on the canvas and how she operates then. Because I feel like you would not see the, I don't know, the duplicitous side of Brie, uh, of uh, Claudette. You would just see the more vengeful side. Yeah and seeing how that would play out. Which would be interesting. And, too, with Nell's story already going on, I feel that they've already got that. But if that were to wrap up, I mean, especially, like, you know, one to assume that Nathan and Maxie are getting married recently. I thought she was going to pop up at the wedding, but... Uh, yeah, let's take know. a second to talk about Nathan and Maxie. Yeah. Uh, last week's storyline for their wedding day that led to uh, Nina and uh, Julian... Or Nina and Valentine getting married was terrible. Yeah. Yeah, what a terrible! That was just from the get go. Oh, with her sneezing in the uh, in her uh, her room at the Metro Court. From that moment on, I was like, "This is terrible." Uh, this oh, right now is just Maxie whining about yeah. her marriage. Like, oh, did I miss my opportunity to be a bride? Like, please get it together, Maxie. You did not miss an opportunity. You, you, please, uh, this this storyline was killing me. To me, I don't know why they've drug it out. That's the thing. Is like to me, if there were all these hijinks and they got married anyway, that would have paid it off. It'd be goofy, but it'd be Maxie. So you're like, okay. But just the fact that they've done all this to drag it out. For no conceivable reason, unless this was Bree's availability and Claudette's going to ruin it. Like, I could so, so fashion. Maybe. But, yeah, it's just like, why bother? <laughs> yes, they are not like some front burner super yeah. couple that I just like, we're just going to, you know, tweak the audience by, you know, just teasing a little bit back and forth and really, you know, just drive it, uh, just really tweak the audience. And, like, they're they're not that huge of a couple for that. So it's just like, please stop dragging this out. Please stop having Maxie just whine and, like... Nobody in 2017 now is going to be thinking that they've missed their chance to be married. No, you're not. You're still with this man. Even if you never get married, you're still with him. Yeah. And you can get married at any second in your entire life. You can do that. You and, can absolutely do it. And I'm just like, Maxie, have you looked at him lately? Like, how are you upset about anything? Just saying. Uh, yeah, it's just, that was just so, ugh. And her also being like, not necessarily mad at Nathan, but like Nathan's circumstance, like, yeah. well, you were also sick that day too, so you weren't. So, you yeah, know, why you keep on making it seem like it's all like 
well, it's Claudette, and you know, why didn't she do this? That was the only thing that really stopped us from getting married. Well, no, you were you were sick. sick. Yeah, you sneezed all over your wedding dress. You poured coffee all over everything, so you weren't well either. So it was a you know just a terrible thing. But that doesn't mean you missed your chance. Yeah, it's so weird how they played that. But that's how several scenes have been where I'm very confused as to they listed ten reasons it didn't happen, but we're going to focus on this one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm like, oh, please. So uh, now Nathan's in the midst of working with Nina to try to get this stealth wedding going on, which I like that Nina. Nina, you know, did that. And then, you know, Dylan was helping. Like, people who should have been there were there. Robin, you know, was sort of a part of this whole thing. It's just, that's good. And I like that Nina, you know, wanted to say, you know, Jay, I always have your back to Nathan. I like that they're keeping that relationship. And then it is sort of awkward with Valentine and then, you know, Maxie and Lulu. But Maxie's not even holding that against Nina. Yeah. So I like that there's at least that good relationship there still with the three of them. And I do not seem this seems to be more the habit of GH now is just doing these like really just uh, like setting up a wedding that's going to happen and then it falls apart and then they just they do something more private or intimate or mm-hmm. kind of off the cuff. They did that with uh, with Brad and uh, uh, Lucas. Lucas. Yeah, they did it with him. I mean, now he, he, Jason and Sam's there's. I mean, getting remarried, but it was always just kind of a quiet affair at the, yeah. at the, from the start. And then now you do that kind of same setup, and then like, oh, no, we're going to do something else a little different now with Nathan and Maxie. So I'm like, okay, great. Please stop doing this. Yeah, and, and just like, you know, Sawyer Olive brings up, uh, I think New Spinelli will be on next week for the wedding, and that that was what, you know, Bradford Anderson got a primetime gig and mm-hmm. couldn't do it. So it's like, so why did we not just rewrite it or push it? Because, yeah. again, we've already pushed it out this far. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, they're going to have to have... Uh, I wonder if we'll see Georgie then. I guess imagine that. Yeah. You know, I, I wonder if uh, the whole family will be coming or just going to be Spinelli and Georgie and they have to explain why. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, oh, gosh, I blanked out her name. Why she's not in town. I know. Um, yes. Crap. Her, our good old resident redhead. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I know. Uh, why do I have to explain that? Uh, so we've got them. Uh, now Ellie. we're talking about Ellie. Kelly. I was, Ellie. I, Ellie. I was like, I know it rhymes with Spinelli. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of Jason and Sam, we also have a little more continuing investigation on their front to figure out like who is behind the bombing. Uh, and we get Curtis, more Curtis yes. and Jason scenes. I loved the J-Sam storyline this week. Even when it separated off into Sam's scenes with like Ava investigating with Julie and stuff. This was good. Oh, I'm shocked that they weren't doing this the whole time because the father, Curtis, and his altar boy, Jason, that was hysterical. <laughs> it was, and uh, I do like to finally at least find the room where the, yeah. well, what we know, uh, the other Jerome, <clears throat> the supposedly dead Jerome sister was, has been hanging out yeah. with uh, Rudge, the, uh, her man about town. <clears throat> and then, of course, they get locked in and they set fire to the whole building. <laughs> And I did like how that tied in with Scotty, why he, had, why he couldn't be hanging out there with Franco at the bar. Like, I got to go. There's a four-alarm fire. I got to go, go chase some ambulances. I love that. And I love how he had no shame in it. Because, yeah, it's like making Scotty, you know, Saul is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, but I, I really just enjoy uh, Curtis's and uh, Jason's relationship. I, I, I yeah. feel like that's been, like, the, the best thing that's been coming out of that story. Yeah, and I really like, again, that he's hanging out with Curtis, that they're the good guys that are doing more PI work with Sam because that's better for Jason than going back to Sonny. And to me, Billy Miller just doesn't have the same chemistry with Marcus Bernard. It's, you no. know, not not an acting thing. It's just that they were such good friends for so long on the show. It's just not the same. So to have someone new like a Curtis that we can build this is better than going backwards, I think. Yeah, and I really hope that once they get the, they solve this, or at least they expose that it's the uh, the, the, the supposedly dead Jerome sister, that they can formalize this sort of uh, arrangement that they have. Like, yeah, let's have them just go into business together yeah. and see what they can do. 
And that would, I feel like, we, as we talked about, it gives something for Jason and Sam to be doing other than just this baby that's coming along. Yeah, because I love Sam's scenes with Ava. And I like that they sort of did have a mutual respect and talk to one another. Um, and that Sam was genuinely concerned for Julian and that Ava did tell her. She's like, yeah, you know, he is doing better. And, and so they had this sort of family bond that you really don't see between them. Because, you know, initially coming on, I mean, Sam was sort of a love rival for Ava with Silas, so... Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, because yeah, you never really. Yeah, that's true. You never, and now you really never see too many scenes with them together. So yeah, yeah. it was nice to see that kind of pairing back together again. Uh, how, well, I guess Tony Walker would be coming back with. The, I guess probably next week. I guess uh, to finally maybe be on camera the first time. Um, yes, I know that Tanya told me. I believe her episodes are set to air. Um, Monday or Tuesday will be the first appearance. Oh, um, right. And yeah, we're trying to get her in here either this week, this next Sunday, or the following Sunday for GH oh, Report. Look at that. Yeah. We'll talk about her cool. about uh, you know reprising an old character or Days of One Life to Live. Yeah. Oh, man. A lot of stuff to be talking about when we get a chance to have her back in. Uh, so, the, uh, I guess, what was any of the other hot storylines this week that we've uh, missed out on? I don't know if we've missed out on anything, have I we? know. I was like, you know, there were the scene, I guess, with Anna and Valentine, maybe. Uh, yes. It was like there was one. All right. So, yes. What do you think about What do you think is the connection here between uh, Valentine and Anna? I always figured that she did something to him. Because I liked how he got, he was vulnerable in that scene. Like, maybe it's not something I did to you. It's something you did to me and was really, like, upset about it. So, maybe she hurt it sort of redux of Sloan where you know their issue was she'd hurt his career mm. so maybe that was it is maybe Valentine was on a good path and you know we've known Anna to not always be on the up and up so that's true yeah. or if she ended up sacrificing him for so what was perceived to be the greater good in the moment but yeah. he had to be like a sacrificial pawn for that yeah I could see that because again I know that they probably watch the same shows I do because this happened on Criminal Minds. <laughs> it was a whole arc where Mark Hamill actually was the killer. <laughs> oh, no. It's, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I do like their dynamic, and I just, again, it's one of those, like, please don't drag it out. And I was so happy during Christmas that they were able to do the... Uh, 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 Emma was able yeah, to get the photo. Yeah, that was adorable. I thought that was yeah. great. I love Emma, and I love little Brooklyn who plays her, and it's great that they're sort of making her much more like Robin, her mother, or like Anna, you know, being a little investigator, but still having that sweet innocence of a child, like she's hanging out with her friend, but she's like, I want to help Grandma with this investigation. <laughs> yeah, and I, as I mentioned last week, that is an example of taking a, uh, a character that's been off the show for a little mm-hmm. bit, you bring it back on, you give them... A nice little important piece of business to do yeah. to, to help advance the storyline, as opposed to Mac and Felicia who come back for the wedding and they, you know, and that's it. That's it. No. They, he just sits there and toasts with Dante and Nathan, and, and <laughs> Felicia just breaks up an argument between Lulu and Nina, and that was it. Like that's it. Come on, let's yeah, get some more to do. Why are they not helping with this investigation with Anna? That makes total sense. Yes, reach out. To, come on, Anna, stop it. Go, reach out. To, I mean, although it does give us a chance to have her interact more with Andre. So yeah, I like that. that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the other uh, great scene that I also forgot about, too, was uh, Diane and Sonny. Oh, yeah. Yeah, where it starts off just we got to work through your case because the trial's coming to them, like, taking a nice big break for pasta. <laughs> I thought that was just an, a, a delightful change of scene. Yeah, to me, I and this is a scene where this is where I like Sonny. Maurice Bernard is a fun guy. I like to see the fun, like, family-type scenes with Sonny, like, you know, where he can just sit back and eat some pasta with Diane 
and then not be the gruff, you know, always, you know, world's problems sort of guy. That was fun. Like, you know, Diane is a fun character, and I know she had some falling out with Sonny in the past, you know, because she doesn't always agree with what he does, as opposed to Jason. But it was nice to see them sort of rekindle that, you know, that was her initial in was being Sonny's lawyer. Yeah, I, I just like that, and I was not expecting that, but it was also interesting to know how much Sonny's mood lifted after he and Carly got a little busy in the sheets. <laughs> also, he's like, oh, all right, I feel a little bit better right now. Oh, and that was funny. But I just hated Carly just continuing to think about it. It's just like, God. <laughs> so, so if I'm breaking down this Diane and Sunny scene, they're eating pasta. The the sauce is from Olivia's grandmother. Yeah. So basically, Sunny just stole some recipe and is just yeah. uh, replicating. Come on, Sunny. Probably. Yeah. Oh, way to go. Well, he's a, he's an, as is well established. She loves to cook. So. Yeah. That's why he's in the restaurant business. Remember when he had a coffee shop that we never see at all? Yeah. But he's still, there's... Yeah, I guess with uh, Morgan dead, there's no need for, um, <laughs> what was it, perks? Or... Perks, where yeah. do all those correctly spelled hats go to? Yep. We'll never know. <laughs> uh, so I think that's pretty much all the week that was there in Port Charles, unless anything else pops into your head. Can't think of anything. Wow. Look at that, guys. We did it. Look at this. 2017, you folks asked, you demanded for more Lucretia Lyon, and she delivered in spades. I showed up. That's right. Uh, So, folks, you know, as always, you can like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, And uh, thanks so much for hopping in the chat, everybody. Uh, We loved having you guys interact. I know it was great to have Lucretia back here manning the chat. Uh, As I mentioned on the Facebooks, we are just uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds away from 2,000 likes. I know. But when that 2,000 likes comes in, like, 2028... Uh, <laughs> we'll yeah. still be here doing we'll still, the show. <laughs> we'll still be here breaking down GH. And uh, James Lott will have something truly remarkable to give that lucky 2,000th person. Oh, it's going to be a, a gift for the ages. Yep. Something you want to be sharing with your kids and your grandkids forever. forever. Like a, tre- a treasured family heirloom that will pass <laughs> from generation to generation. Uh, but in the meantime, folks, thanks so much for joining us for this episode. We will be back next Sunday. Fingers crossed we're able to get Tanya Walker. Hopefully we'll be able to do that. We'll, we'll tweet it out let you folks know if that's going to be happening. For sure. uh, if not, hopefully the following week. But we'll keep you guys updated there. Uh, thanks again for watching us. Hopefully Papa Bear, uh, if all goes well and he feels better, we may have him joining us next week. I can't make any guarantees, but uh, let's just keep our fingers crossed. Uh, in the meantime, though, if you want to continue the conversation with us even after the show's over, Lucretia, where can they find you? You guys can always follow me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the Internet since there is only one. And you can follow me on Twitter at HappyGoJackie. Folks, thank you so much for joining us here. We'll be back next Sunday with another edition of the GH Report here on AfterBuzz TV. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.